Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice, our mild-mannered podcasters were bombarded by gamma rays, bitten by radioactive bugs, mutated by toxic waste, irradiated with cosmic rays, born into a world that doesn't understand them. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Comic Book Podcast, brought to you by the staff of Talking Comics. I am here with Steve Say. My cat's breath smells like cat food. Brad Jones. What? He's <laughs> gone <Hi>. missing. <laughs> uh, off to a good start. And uh, joining a special guest, Fanboy Remix alum, uh, Mr. Bob Ryer is here. Uh, I'm very alum, as a matter of fact. Yeah, comic book expert, I'd say. I'd say if I was at a trial and for some reason needed an expert on comic books, I think Bob Ryer would be a good person. He's the comic pick. book museum curator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a whole room of them, unfortunately, thousands and thousands, and good well, stuff, though. Yeah. Why don't you, you and Steve, speak a little lower? We're not on a radio show at all. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm Bobby Sherrill, by the way. Um, so we're going to get into this show. We're going to talk some fucking comics uh, pretty soon. Uh, but before we get started with that, uh, you'll notice that we are sans a member of the show. Uh, Mr. Brian Verderosa is no longer with the podcast or the website. He has... Uh, He's been fired from the band. Yeah. yeah. He's out of the band. Uh, He's out of the, we fired him. Yeah. He, we he fired will, him. <laughs> he just say be, it. Just say it. He will no longer be joining us. So he, uh, you know, he just, um, we had a parting of the ways and uh, things didn't really work out uh, as far as everything went. But uh, we're going to have a replacement. We're going to have a new, a new person coming in soon. Uh, Steve, you want to tell the folks at home about that? Yes, absolutely. Um, I do believe that uh, my friend Stephanie Cook will be joining us hopefully next week for our podcast. She will also be a regular contributor on the site reviewing books. Uh, her background, she is from Prince Edward Island of Canada, and she is a she's pretty much in charge of the digital dorm for Joblo.com, big movie site Ooh. on the internet. Uh, she knows her shit, and uh, I can't wait to see what she brings us. She's a really cool chick, so hopefully it uh, works out. Cool. I'm excited about it. Yeah, she's awesome. It'll be awesome. Nice so, mixture. yeah. So next week we should have our our new member in in the house. Comic book talking with boobs. What? <laughs> <laughs> well, mine weren't well. big enough for you, Steve. <laughs> ah, but they're so far away. <laughs> they're closer than Prince Edward Island. They are actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. those are fifteen hours away. Where are you? <laughs> What's some three D things like, here? This is like new technology. Couldn't you bring us pictures? This? Of Brad's boobs? Yeah, Brad's boobs. Or Stephanie's? Boobs. I'm, I'm not particular. Brad, uh, I don't know about that. Brad, Bob wants could... pictures of your boobs. <laughs> I'm, I'm strangely so... troubled yet attracted. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk some comic books. Let's yeah, talk let's about go. some let's comic books. Yeah. Uh, that's what we're Jeez. here to do. Uh, so um, let's talk about uh, our favorite books of the week. We're not going to do everything. But let's talk about our favorite books of the week that we read. Um, but before we talk about that, though, just so you know what's coming in the show, uh, we're going to do our book of the week segment. Then we're going to do our exploring with Steve. He can take us down his indie rabbit hole. Uh, and then um, we're going to talk about our topic of the week, which is uh, the Fantastic Four issue 600 came out. So we're going to talk about that. But more Fantastic Four in general, their place in the history of comic books and and such. Um, so if you haven't read 600 yet, don't worry. We're not really going to spoil anything, but it's just going to be like kind of a general impressions. Yes. And then talk about Fantastic Four in general. I'll say Fantastic Four a couple more times. Please do. Uh, I would. We would do then. Uh, what, what's coming out next week segment? But there are no DC new books coming out uh, next week. So we'll probably go over a couple of Marvel, a couple of the bigger IDW uh, Dynamite stuff, and then we'll get out of here. Um, so I can go back to playing Skyrim like I want to be doing right now. 
and at all times in my life. But before we, you mean get, not watching the Giants game? I don't. Shut up. I don't want to watch the Giants game. It's twenty-one ten. They just scored. Yeah, whatever. They just scored a touchdown. I'm yeah. not watching the game. All right, I'm doing a podcast. <laughs> neither, neither am I. <laughs> it's going so well. <laughs> I'm listening Is it to you me? As well. Did I did I contribute to this? Yeah. No. Um. No. Not at all. Okay. Uh, so, Steve, what was your favorite book you read this week? Uh, I'd have to say my favorite book, not necessarily my favorite book, but a promise of a book. Your favorite book, not necessarily your favorite book. My favorite book to to come soon or, or of the future. Anyway, I, Vampire number three, mm-hmm. um, continue to absolutely love the gothic artwork. Um, lots, uh, we seem to be getting out of the setup. It it seems to be one of these, um, story arcs where they're finally starting to get to the meat of the matter. We've met our two lovers, the two vampires, Mary, and I believe his name is Andrew. But now we're actually starting to meet more of his friends and you get to see him be very charismatic in his, you know, like undead vampire kind of way and just see the way he operates with other people and how he woos them into to being on his side um not to spoil too much but the reason that it's my favorite book of the week and i talked about the promise is that there is a uh double page panel of where they're gonna be bringing the story next issue uh everything in this issue everybody's dead now they're moving on to another city within the dc universe and if other people start to show up within this gothic world, like I talked about when we read the first issue, mm-hmm. um, that's what I've been waiting for the whole time. So as much as I, I enjoy reading the book, I've been waiting for them to get to that because they mentioned it in the first one. And now it seems that we're actually going to be going there. And I can't wait to see the state of that place, what kind of ruin it's in. Uh, who shows up that's still residing there. Um, It's a very post-apocalyptic DC universe that iVampire paints. Mm -hmm. So to see these locations completely decimated by vampire hordes, it's going to be pretty cool. Yeah, in reading the first issue, because I haven't read the second issue or the third issue, um, the two things that stuck out to me were definitely, I liked the tone and the look of the book and the idea that these creatures still existed in the larger DC universe. You know, they mentioned something about in the first issue about, you know, you we've let our world be in, in, inherited by, you know, people who can fly and people who dress up in, as bats, you know, and how uh-huh. they, the the world should belong to them because they're the most the powerful creature. So it's cool to see that they're going yeah. in that direction. It seems like by the next issue, like the next time, the next time that you see I Vampire number four, it's going to be like introducing someone or it's at least going to be in a location where we're going that way and i just can't wait to see like just the style of how these characters will be drawn because it is such a cool art style that i can't wait to see like let's just say it was batman i can't wait to see like the way his his cape will probably be like ripped to shreds and blowing in the wind and all these like you know curvy ways and it just it's gonna be cool so i'm I'm looking forward to it very nice yeah um my book of the week is the flash number three uh, Francis Manipal and Brian Bucalato. I can never say his. I don't know how to say it. You name. say it well, though. Bucalato. He talks to me. He's very cool. He, he he always responds to me on Twitter when I talk to him about the book. But uh, uh, last month, I loved it. I, I Issue one, I was cold on issue one. Issue two, I loved, and this kept it going. And unlike a lot of what I've experienced now reading monthly books for really the first time in a very long time, especially superhero books going month to month, um, it seems to be unlike most books going somewhere and and building off of where what it sets up you know um there's an opening the opening scene in a flash number 3 um would be possibly the coolest scene you've ever seen in a movie <laughs> you know there's he uses one of his one of his powers that isn't isn't it's used a lot in the comics but isn't known to the people at the world at large very much as a flash power and that's the ability to vibrate solid things 
through other mm-hmm. solid state stated objects. Oh, I didn't know he can do that. Yeah. Oh, so that goes back to the Infantino Gardner Fox day. Yeah, that, it's, it's an old, old power. And one thing hey. I wrote about my review of the book was yeah. So there. Yeah. <laughs> I knew that. Sorry. Bob knows his. Bob knows his shit. Uh, one of the. I'm th- impressed. Yeah. One of the things that I read about my wrote my review is that when you talk to people about heroes, especially the big DC heroes, they know a set of their powers, or they know, you know, um, kind of uh, what um. What they can do, or you know, but the Flash is like, oh, he can run fast. That's basically mm-hmm. what people think of the Flash, which is true. That's a main part of his powers, but he has a lot of other other stuff going on. And this book really illustrates that, as well as continuing to illustrate how good of a detective Barry is and how good of a detective a, a policeman Barry Allen is. You know, he the, does just the core of the character. Yeah, he does things out of the costume in this issue as a policeman, you know, and and it leads to a a, a really cool cliffhanger at the end. Which, like all cliffhangers in almost anything, it's not going to be what it was when you saw it. And especially in comic books, they seem to just cliffhangers that just seem to glaze over them, you know. But the book is really, really good. And unlike almost every other book I read this week and the past couple weeks, it, it makes me excited to see where the story is going, rather than just kind of treading water. Um, and the the art, because the the book is written and um, drawn and inked and everything by the same people. So there's a cohesion between those two things that I don't think it always has to be that way, but in this it works so well because it feels like they're going hand in hand. And it's just, and it's a beautiful book to look at. Um, and the, the opening scene as well, it looks like an opening credit sequence of a movie. Like it, it, it just, the intercut, like the, uh, you know, written by this person in, into, the, oh, into nice. the panels. And they're kind of that like uh, negative space, like uh, Incredibles credits. Thing. I have to get to that. I have all three issues, and I think I've only made it halfway through the first. I need to get to those. Yeah, issue one. Issue one is 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 rough. It's clunky, but after you get past issue one, it just it just sails. Um, yeah, Brad. What about you? Um, well, the thing is, I I want to say that the the clear winner for my week was was Nightwing, which I loved for all of the same reasons that you loved the Flash. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it really has built and built and built on on the the steps that have already been laid from the first two issues, and what I loved in this one was the detective work that Dick Grayson. It, it's crazy. I, I, that's crazy that you're reading and having a very similar experience to, mm-hmm. with a book that I am, um, and the art is great and Nightwing is awesome and beautifully drawn and what I think is really cool about Nightwing, and I kind of pieced it together with this issue, is that it's cool the way they're doing this particular like number one, because we're we're getting the backstory of Dick Grayson, but we're getting it in a way that he's participating in in this story where these details are crucial in the first place. Mm-hmm. So, like the the threat is like personal to him and to his past and stuff like that so it's it's cool the way we're getting to know this and like i mean most people know who robin is but it's cool to get this much detail of like the grayson story and you know what he was with the circus and who he was with the circus and stuff like that is pretty cool um but i do want to give a quick shout out to teen titans Mm -hmm. which while i will will admit is was not the best of books the um little bart allen who's kid flash mm-hmm. in the series yeah anytime he's in a panel is freaking outrageous mm-hmm. like the the art and the writing and him as a character he's kind of like dash only like add nice <laughs> like dash in the incredibles like but he's he's just really fun and it's not that he's cocky, but he's just really confident that, hey, I can run really fast. And there's this really cool spread at the beginning of this last issue where he's running around this complex that he and this other character are being kept at. And every spot he's at is numbered, so you can see what it is that he's doing. But it also is giving you the reality that he's doing all of this in like seconds. Right. Yeah. And this one girl's just kind of standing in the middle. It was really cool and really clever and like so kinetic. And anytime Kid Flash is in Teen Titans, I'm the most committed to it. It's like 
incredible when he's in it. That's great. Um, but yeah, I, it, I, I, I had a similar experience with a younger Flash, and so I was <laughs> excited when you said Flash. Yeah, so the, sorry. No, it's okay. That the remind me something in Flash. Uh, there's he kind of unlocks a new a new power in it, and it, it, he starts to think faster. He taps in. Oh, and that's he, interesting. Yeah, oh, that's he's able, crazy. He's able to think faster. So you get these insane pages that have no less than fifteen panels on them of it laying out the entire. Like he's going through every eventuality of of the, all these different events that are happening. Oh, that's neat. And he does this whole string. This is issue two. Does this whole string of events, and and all the all it's one big page where he's standing next to uh, Iris West, like she's interviewing him, and he do, and it, all this panel where he does all of this stuff, and it's all happening so quickly that no one else can perceive he's doing it, and so literally it's just basically him standing next to her, but he's doing all of this other stuff. And then, it, and then it, the last thing he says is, and no one even notice. And That's he's just standing cool. next to her. It's really great. And you, fe- you feel like the Flash when, when you're reading it. All uh-huh. right. I'm going to have to go home and, buy and read these tonight. Yeah. They're great. Um, I, I do want to say, look, we didn't record last week. And uh, Justice League 3 came out last week. Um, That's a true story. And I just want to <laughs> talk about it real quick because I think it's worth noting. Um, and, and for me, not in a good way. I, like, I, I've been wanting to talk about this for at least... I could not have been less interested in what was happening in the third Justice League book. I, I like it, Wonder it, Woman was like a caricature, wasn't she? She was a caricature. Everybody was a what caricature. What is ice cream? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is this flavored cold thing you have here? That's basically what it was. Yes. And, and it just—they're fighting all these creatures, and it's uh, why are they fighting these creatures except for? Because they're in front of them. and That's what's bothering me, is that we're supposed to know who they are, but why are they fighting? Like, what yeah. is their individual cause? We don't have any background. It's just you're supposed to accept yeah. that the heroes are what they are, yes. having no knowledge of them whatsoever. This is supposed to be an introductory thing. Yeah, and uh, Batman literally has, like, one line in the entire book, which is, we probably shouldn't be doing this. We probably should regroup and figure out, like, a, a way to attack these guys. And everyone's like, I don't, Superman's like, I don't need to do that. And he hits something with, he hits like six of them with a huge drop bus. Bus, yeah. the bus. You know, and they're, think about it. The art is beautiful. The art is fucking gorgeous. The panel of Wonder Woman kicking the, the bat demon or whatever it was yeah. in the face was pretty sick. And, but we have no in with any of these characters. The only character we have an in with is their origin. They're doing the origin of Cyborg along with this. And that's the only semi-interesting thing to me. And it's not even because it's being done particularly well. It's just because it's an in to the story. It's somebody I'm following from the start. But I just, it, honestly, like if it wasn't Justice League, if we weren't doing this podcast, I probably wouldn't read it next month. Wow. Now, it, the, in the other books themselves, yeah. tying into them, it's, there's a five-year gap, it's a right? Five year bef- it's, Justice League is five years before all the continuity except for action. Which is before Justice League. Okay. Yeah. Say that three times fast. Yeah, it's a little bit awfully confusing. complicated. Yeah, yeah, say that one more time. Uh, <laughs> so all the all the new fifty two, right, exists. Uh-huh. Ju- Justice League is happening five years before all the new fifty two books, except for action. Action comics takes place before Justice League. Right. So in chronology in, in, in chronology, it's action comics, Justice League, everything else. So we'll be to Justice League sixty. Well, they're, before it, the new fifty two begins, in theory. Well, no, unless the, they pick up the gap. They are. Somewhere. They, they've already said okay. this, this is going to be like an arc, and then they're going to skip ahead. Just like an action, Grant Morrison knows he can't do past Superman forever, but it's just like this. This arc right now is before. Okay, and the, and then they're going to jump ahead into the in, right into the middle continuity because in some of the books that are happening now, there Justice League exists. Like in Justice League Dark, the Justice League right. is, is in issue already, one. Sure. Uh, you know, but they're already formed. They've already been happening. Um, and like Zatanna is part of the Justice League, and she's not even in Justice League right now. So, uh, yeah, it's 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 weird because it's such a good creative team. You know, Jeff Johns is a great writer, but this book is not great. It, it's barely good. You know, and there and there are sparks of really cool stuff. There's really great lines. It's a really great moment that when Wonder Woman shows up, the Green Lantern says dibs. To the Flash. That's a good moment. It's a funny yeah. moment. 
Yeah, Lantern and Flesh have a history. Yeah. We go back far enough. Yeah. And the, the thing, the weird thing about this too is they have a history in this book, but that you haven't seen yet. They're like, oh, you remember when we did that right. thing? Yeah, I thought that was a little weird. And it's like this book is five years before, and there's more stuff before this that I haven't seen yet. You know, oh. it, which I think is kind of cool, though. It is of cool. Two characters to get together and do something. I think that's cool that those two would have had a past. Yeah, I just wish I would could have. I'd be seeing it. You know, I don't know. Like, there's something to be said for the weird thing. Again, we're talking about books that are book of the week, but like. I, I, I said last week or last like two weeks ago, a month ago, whatever, that Blackhawks was a book that was written really well, but I didn't care about it at all. Now we've gotten to all the number threes. I've, re- I've read a bunch of the team-up books. I haven't, re- I haven't been keeping up with Teen Titans, to be fair. Um, mm-hmm. But Blackhawks, to me, it, it, all of a sudden this, this month became a book I'm going to keep reading because it suddenly it, it, it's the best collusion of a team that, that, I, that I've read so far. You know, it's the best wow. team action of a team up book, and you would, I would think you were crazy if you if you if you told me that, you know. But I just well, that's that's how I feel about Legion Lost, actually. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's it was the book that it was the first book of the New Fifty Two that I read that I was like, well, I'm dumping this shit because this is awful. Mm-hmm. Like it was the first book, mm-hmm. and issue two and three like went in a wildly different direction that made me appreciate issue one even more. That happened with me with Stormwatch. Now, Sorry, I didn't so, mean to interrupt. Like, Go ahead. I'm right there with you, like in terms of like that feeling. Teen Titans was not great this last episode, but or issue. But um I I thought Justice League one and two were, were really good. Yeah, I th- I was never like I, in love with either of them. So I guess that's why three okay. may bothered me more. I guess. I think they're as good as action comics. Oh, I don't. I think action is way better. I mean, I, I didn't. I didn't love action number three, but I, I think one and action one and two um, are pretty great. And I just never felt Justice League was great. To me, it was always like, okay, there are these two guys working on this book that I think are really good. So I assume it's going to get really good. You know, yeah. I, I'm still going to read it, and maybe it will. But it's just right now, I'm it's just very. It's strange that a lot of the number threes are kind of rubbing people the wrong way or going off in a different direction when you'd think that that would be the the point where you'd really want to hook people in. Yeah. I have a theory. Is Again, is this writing to the trades? You need six issues to make a trade, so now you're at the Mm. end of the first act, kind of, and you placeholder until we start to move the story forward for the finale to me a lot of these books don't even feel like they've gotten to the end of the first act of a story i agree with that to me wow and three issues in yeah to me so many i don't know what you think brad but so many of them to me feel like just treading water and a lot of issues like i feel like we're 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 just we're walking around story you know it's like one story beat happens for the whole full whole issue and then you get which is why i'm so impressed by like uh, funny enough blackhawks or the flash is because they do these big huge moments like green lantern new guardians there's a big action scene at the beginning of it and just like there's a big action scene at the beginning of the flash number three but it doesn't matter it's just there to have an action scene you, you know it doesn't tell you anything about the character it doesn't you know it's just why does it happen and that's a lot what i feel a lot about these these number threes in a lot of ways is why is this happening other than you need to fill 20 pages why right. is this happening you know, and like, and when you feel that reading a 20, when it's hard to get through a 20 page comic book, then there's an issue, you shouldn't, know, it shouldn't be a labor. No. So I don't know. Well, issue well, four is coming. In well, we're theory, so, yes. Well, new step. Yeah. Well, because we don't have any books to talk about next week. I think we'll go through kind of the books that we're going to cut from our, our list. Oh, I can't wait to do that uh, next week. <laughs> it could be, it could be our, uh comic book podcast um funeral for <laughs> mi- funeral for firestorm yeah. there'll be lots of stamps of poop handed out yep oh sound <laughs> the poop effect. awards the poop awards the brad jones poop awards uh, yep. um so that was our book of the week segment that's pretty pretty long it was pretty yeah. long but we got some good information out there i think yes yes we did i think we did pretty well um so steve we talked about big books 
Talk about superhero books. Let's go down the rabbit hole. But let's go down the yeah. rabbit hole. Let's talk about some stuff. All right. When we leave, let's go explore. Let's talk with about Steve. some stuff. Let's uh, let's just throw some books out there to you people that like to lead, uh, lead, read a little something different uh, than your normal heroes. So Batman. But, yeah, but surprisingly, <laughs> some of these uh, books are put out by people you know and love, such as Diablo. From DC Comics, yes, Diablo, yeah. the famous PC video game. Very, very indie, Steve. That I... A DC Comics published by the biggest game company in the world. I am waiting <laughs> for Diablo 3 like I've never waited for a video game in my life. I have a Diablo 3 survival kit that I'm building now. I have food. I have diapers. I have an extra bedroom for my friend. He'll be staying with us for the week when it comes out. Night and day, sleeping in shifts. Anyway, you have Diablo, one of five. Um, interesting that they decided to use the new logo from the new Diablo game. This is almost making me think that this is kind of a precursor from Diablo 2, Lord of Destruction, into Diablo 3. Of course. Yes. <laughs> it's, um, it's, it's very medieval. It's very... Diablo. I really can't recommend this to everyone. I think that you will have, have to have played the games and kind of be into the lore to really be into this book. It's got barbarians, it's got magic, uh, ghouls, all kinds of things, but it's very, very heavy into the lore. There's lots of names from the game being tossed around, uh, names of the different realms that you traveled through in the past, but they're really setting up something really cool. And the main character, I'm wondering if they're going to kind of like go through each class system, and this is kind of the warrior class that they're covering in this book, but whatever they're doing, I think they're going to be introducing the new character classes for the new game. And as far as a comic goes, if this is coming out every month and the game is supposed to hit sometime next year, mm -hmm. this is a really cool thing to keep fans of the series busy if they want their Diablo fix in some form for a little bit until the game comes out, mm -hmm. so... You know, DC Comics, Diablo number one. If you're a fan in the game, you might like the comics. So that's one. Can I ask you one question? Yes. Is there, in fact, anything nerdier than a comic book based on Diablo? Probably not. Okay. <laughs> and I was there for it. <laughs> yeah. Magic the Gathering. I said, here's my money. <laughs> yeah, 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 Brad. Brad, what was that again? Magic. A magic the Gathering. Which gathering. I do not play. Yeah. Thank you very now, much. Now, there's anything wrong with that. Though I do like a good rousing game of Munchkin. It's a good game. It's a fun game. It is fun. Yeah. We're, we, we welcome all nerds here. Yes. All right. Let's talk about uh, The Waking, put out by one of my favorite companies, which is, of course, Xenoscope. Uh, the Waking is a really cool twist. Zombies seem to be all the rage right now, what with The Walking Dead and everything. And The Waking is an interesting situation where people are coming back from the dead but coming back from the dead with a purpose, there is a man who basically can will the dead back to life. And instead of starting this insane zombie apocalypse, they're actually uh, the zombies themselves are committing homicides on their murderers. So people are coming back from the dead that people have thought that they got away with the crime. It's been 17 years. It's been five years. And these people are showing up at their doors and doing them in. And it's all because of this little girl and her father and the bond that they share and, you know, supernatural stuff's going on. Um, it's a really, really, it's a, it's a trade paperback at this point. Um, it doesn't look like they're going to be writing any more to it. So it's a complete story. Um, it plays out kind of like a Tales from the Crypt episode. But a really, a really good one. Like they, they fleshed out the characters. Um, the art is just gorgeous. Um, the the team that he always gets for these books, they always do a really good job. Um, so if you're looking for something a little still horror oriented, it's a good way to go. So and it's a, it's a real cheap uh, trade paperback to pick up. So it's called The Waking. Uh, it's pretty awesome. Sounds cool. Yeah, and the last <laughs> one. Which surprisingly is is much more main or will get much more mainstream than I had first thought. But uh, Marvel Comics started a five part book series of Edgar Rice Burroughs' John Carter, uh, also called The Princess of Mars, which John Carter was actually picked up by Disney, mm -hmm. and I think the trailer hits this Thursday on the internet. So maybe I'll cover that on the site yeah. and you know show it to you guys and whatnot. But 
It's pretty much about a uh, regular guy, lots of lots of attitude, lots of like you know charisma. He's a, he's a pretty cool dude. He wakes up on Mars, and instead of he's a prisoner, but instead of him being like you're you know they don't feed him, they keep him chained down. Like they're kind of fascinated by him, and they kind of let him roam around, do what they want. And they instead of having people watch him, they give him this giant like Martian dog. That kind of follows him around, and in case he gets out of line, he'll go and, like, you know, snag his loincloth and bring him back to his cage or something. (laughs) And um, he ends up forming a bond with the dog, and through a battle that happens when he's wandering around one day, he basically earns the respect of Mars. And they look at him as an equal, and they, like, promote his status among the planet, but he's still a prisoner. So he's there for a while. He's feeling really alone because he's the only human within a, you know, a whole planet of Martians. And then at the end of the first issue, lo and behold, we have a princess that shows up immediately. He forms a, you know, a silent bond with her This is the first person that he's seen since, you know, he's been abducted and taken there and he finds a lot of solace in her and they end up basically going through this adventure together and the writing is great. Um, the artwork is fantastic. It, it seems to be the same artists that um, did the wizard of Oz or the Ozma of Oz books, very uh, thin line work. It almost looks like it was painted mm. rather than drawn. And it also at certain panels have almost like a Jeff Lemire, um, like sloppy beauty right, to yeah. them it's like a good, it's a good way to nice. describe jeff lemire yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. like it's it's really crude but at the same time it's so the colors and the way that they they drew in the shadows and the line work is so well put together that even though it's sloppy it's still very very pretty to look at mm-hmm. um so like i said i mean they're going to be making a movie i can't wait to see what they come up with because it's it's a very it's a funny book like it's doesn't really take itself too seriously mm-hmm. and with disney putting on like this huge production for it i'm mm-hmm. wondering if it's going to turn out to be more of like a prince of persia kind well, of thing did you see the teaser no there's a teaser yeah, out, it's for been it. out for it not there's a full trailer out all for i it saw already. well i all i saw were stills yeah I didn't see... yeah there's a teaser there's another but there's a new yeah. trailer coming out this week Right, like right. A, a more like plot revealing trailer i believe yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's what i want to see because now that i know a little bit of what goes on. I just want to see where the tone is at for yeah. the movie. I'd be very curious to find out. But he's a world. He's a Civil War veteran. Yeah. Yes. I didn't know that. Virginia gentleman. Yeah. Yeah. He's a Civil War veteran. Yeah. 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 What? In the novels. Yeah. In the novels, he is. Yeah. I uh, he the the. I'm the, pretty the, sure in the in the movies he is too. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Because yeah, he's wearing like the the getup in the at the, the beginning of the. All right, so this he's, is a comic based off of. Yeah, a novel series. Yeah, the novel series. Yeah, I it's, hadn't. All right, see, yeah, I it's know. the guy who wrote Tarzan. That makes so much sense. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Um. So yeah, it looks cool. It's uh, it's Andrew Stanton's directing it. Yeah. Yeah. So it it should be Finding cool. Nemo and Wally. It should be amazing. Yeah, the guy who directed Finding Nemo and Wally. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, it's his first I, highly, I highly recommend uh the books. They're still available. There's only going to be five of them. Um, and they're they're great. They're like I think they're they're two ninety nine. Yeah, they're two ninety nine books, so very nice. Pick them up. And the, are they published by Marvel? Yes, they are. Makes sense, Disney Marvel. Yes, makes sense. And All right. The, uh, anything else down no, the rabbit that's, hole? No, that's that's the end of the rabbit hole. Okay, we've reached the bottom of the rabbit hole. I oh, have. wait a minute. Does IDW count as down the rabbit hole? Or is that too many you know, major? You know, he he did DC and Marvel, <laughs> but they're little books. <laughs> and yeah. Zenoscope. Yeah, and Zenoscope. He threw in an indie in there. Okay. It was it was Steve's. Not so indie rabbit hole today. Gotta represent. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's indie. It's, you know, if indie is owned by Disney and Warner Brothers, okay. it's, it's indie. So IDW, <laughs> I'm, I'm on board if I IDW. throw something in here. Yeah, yeah. Listen, what, um, what do you it's got, slim pickings, gentlemen. Okay, <laughs> okay, I gotcha. I gotcha. Uh, second issue just came out of a, a new miniseries from IDW. It's John Burns Cold War. Non-superhero, it's 60s spy stuff. It's James Bond, Avengers, some interesting characters, some weird little things happening so far. Don't know where it's going to go yet. Never can tell. Good. Looking good. Nice. Nice. Um, so we've reached the bottom of the rabbit hole, so we can move on to our topic of the week. The rabbit hole is for two now. Yeah, it's a two. Only for two, a week. It's a two-person rabbit hole. Um, so we're going to move on to the Fantastic Four. Number 600 came out. So I figured we should probably talk about Fantastic Four, because it's kind of a big deal, I guess, uh-huh. in comic books. Not I guess it is. It definitely <laughs> is. Uh, so number 600 came out. 
um, a, like a hundred page spectacular. Spectacular. Many stories. Four stories within. Yes. Uh, so obviously, like, there's a lot of continuity going on. Um, a lot of stuff happening around what's going on, and obviously, the book's only been out. It's been out less than a week at this point. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to get too much into um, plot details or anything. But well, but first, why don't you tell people? This is why we have. This is why we're having Bob on. Uh, okay. Why don't you tell people about kind of your history of Fantastic Four really quick? Try to make it quick. I'll what? make it. A, I only have two index cards. Okay, See, I'm a very light tonight. And then um, we'll we'll get into six hundred. Okay. All right. Quite frankly, for me personally, the first Marvel comic I ever bought is Fantastic Four number five which okay. is now early 1962. Haven't missed an issue on the newsstand since number 62. So we're 538 consecutive issues. Sitting on the table here is FF1 to 20. Oh, wow. wow. And including an issue one that's autographed by Stan and Jack. Whoa. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Man, man, man. yeah, so it's a, it's been a passion for me for many years. To me, it is the Silver Age begins common wisdom, showcase for the first Flash and all that sort of stuff. Of course. The first set of DC books are Golden Age books. It's superheroes doing superhero stuff. FF1 is different. Mm-hmm. Marvel changed everything. It's human characters. They do human things. They fight with each other. They, the Human Torch quits at the end of number three. He can't stand the rest of them. Petty jealousies, real people. Everything's different after that. Every major thing that happens in the Marvel Universe happens here first. It's the Inhumans and the Black Panther and Reed and Sue get engaged. They have a kid. Mm-hmm. That actually, that all ties into FF600. Mm-hmm. Annihilus, who's one of the major characters here, is introduced in the Annual Six. They have to go to the negative zone and get his cosmic control rod to stop Sue from not giving birth properly. Mm-hmm. It's it's the Marvel flagship book. It's had its ups and downs. It's been down for years. Hickman, who's doing it now, when you read the interviews, he's proud to do this book. Mm-hmm. He wants it to be restored to its place in, in the Marvel universe. Epting's art is classic and new at the same time. They're really hoping for something here. I really hope people start to buy this. It really, numbers still aren't great. Mm-hmm. Moving upwards. Right. Here, without giving too much away, we begin with a huge battle sequence. Right. The Kree are around, their armada. It's the Avengers, FF, everybody together, and all sort of, it's about Reed Richards. Yeah, there's a lot of superheroes happening in the beginning of this book. Yeah. <laughs> As it used to be, when you went back to, to those books, uh, Annual 3 is the, the Reed and Sue wedding. Mm-hmm. Every character in the Marvel Universe shows up. Right. They're all part of this family Mm -hmm. which is what this book really is it isn't a team it's a family Mm. right hopefully it stays this way i don't know how long he's going to go he says he has more of an arc there's about another year's worth of stories that are part of all what's going to happen here i've got a question for you sure on the front cover who is the guy in the white suit that looks like an alien spider-man spider-man really yeah when did he join the fantastic well he's, he's in the future foundation well, because oh. there, there, there's a, yeah. an arc. I mean, we could talk about this. This happened months yes, ago. a year ago. Uh, a year ago. Johnny Storm died in the Marvel Word? Universe. Word. Pro- pro- protecting the Earth from an invasion by Annihilus from the negative zone. Yeah. Uh, oh, and this is sort of like his comeback issue. That's not spoiling too much. It's been no, in that, the regular I knew newspapers. That before I, I knew yeah. that before I picked up the yeah, book. Yeah, it's been a big deal. Yeah, yeah. before I picked up the book. Um, and as, as somebody, we'll talk real quick about... I mean, I've read, I read the book and as somebody who hasn't read any Fantastic Four, probably ever, I mean, I don't know, I probably have read an issue or two, but mm-hmm. never really sat down and read an issue. Um, it, it was interesting to me. There's obviously, when you first start reading it, there's that, there's that moment of, I don't know what's going on here. There's a lot <laughs> going on here, but I had a little bit, of, I did a little bit of research. I pieced it together. So, and once I got into it, the, the writing is really, really solid. Uh, the art is beautiful. Epting is yeah. great. Yeah. Um, you know, if anybody should, everybody should read that, uh, um, the Brew Baker Epting, uh, Captain, Captain America, America's the Winter sure. Soldier run that he did. Uh, but it's, uh, and what I'm most struck by is <clears throat> how much I love the character of Johnny Storm, his great moments. And, and the reason I love him is the same reason I love Spider-Man. 
They're like they're they have very similar traits. You know, they're they're glib in the face of danger, even though they know how much danger they're in. And but unlike Spider-Man, in a lot of ways, it, it, uh, Johnny is uber powerful. Like yes, he is. Johnny doesn't really get in over his. Uh, Johnny knows how powerful. In this book, he gets taken down, but that's because he's facing insurmountable Hordes, odds at all yes. times. Um, it was really it was a really fun, interesting book, and it, reading this makes me feel like I could probably pick up and read the next issue that comes out. You know, because it's just all about. In the end, comic book storylines are big. You know, you know the the, the genre storylines. So you only need to know certain amounts about them. To eventually get into them. And you can figure out the minutia as you go along. And he's giving it to you page by page. Yeah. Little hints and clues. Johnny is growing here. And through his... Apparently, Hickman had a whole storyline planned when he started the book. Had to change some of it here and there as, as apparently fan taste changed and, and other Marvel big events got in the way. He, it looks as if he wanted to adjust Johnny that there was some real change he wanted to make. And I don't want to spoil anything here, but you know he does make a, a sacrifice. It, it, at the time of the 587 where it happened, you would have said it was Ben Grimm going to go to the other side. Mm-hmm. Right. Because that would have been the normal thing. The, the thing would have gone over there and just, yeah, I'll stay here and do this. And all of a sudden it's Johnny. Mm-hmm. He's not that kid from all those years. He's not just a flaming teenager. Something is happening. And within this book, and particularly with the second story, which is his story of what's gone on in between, mm-hmm. pretty intense. Yeah, it was pretty good. Um, I just don't know, uh, everybody else on the podcast, I, not, I, you guys obviously didn't read the book, but um, Brad, what is your, your kind of exposure to the Fantastic Four in general? Um, well, uh, it was a television show in the 90s. There was? For like a season. <laughs> that I remember watching some of and the movies. Right. And that's pretty much it. Do you have any affection for any of the characters? Um, I, I also like the Human Torch. Um, Even though he was denied yeah. a bank loan? <laughs> the Human Torch was denied a bank loan. <laughs> um, uh, it w- They were never one of my favoritists. Gotcha. Well, it's good to know, just to get an idea of what you think. What about you, Steve? Do you have any... For knowledge, any just the movies. That's unfortunate. Yes. Yeah. Um. However, I do. Uh. I think Invisible Girl is uh is pretty. Neat. A woman. Woman. Let's, let's be. Let's be. Uh. Woman's lib here. Okay. She's right. a woman. Not a girl. It, it took right. until the eighties for John Byrne to make it the Invisible Woman. Oh, it's still. Okay. So the Invisible <laughs> yeah. Woman. Uh. I think is pretty cool. I don't know that I would have had Jessica Alba. Be no. her. <sighs> but um. You know, I've always, let's put it this way. I've never had any exposure to them, mm-hmm. but since we've been doing this, uh, the whole podcast and everything, I would not be opposed to seeing if I could get into them now. Mm-hmm. So, uh, who knows? I don't know. They're cool enough. Dr. Doom's neat. He's a fun character to play on Marvel versus Capcom. <laughs> he is a really good character to play. You know, and the thing is, the thing is, uh, really, really cool looking. I just, I, I, anytime you see him in like a big poster or a big panel of him smashing through stuff, I just, I like that. So mm-hmm. It's all good. He's uh, my favorite Marvel character. Uh, the when Marvel started this, they were doing monster books, and the way to get around DC was actually distributing Marvel's comics when they began this and they were sort of restricted to how many books a month they could put out. And they were doing romances, Westerns and monster books. The cover of FF one. Here it is. Which Bob has that you can't see. (laughs) Can't see here on the air. There it is. Wow. Of course. That's actually, that's the reprint. That's the real one. Oh, you have two. Yeah. That's the real one. (laughs) Whoa. I'm going to touch it. I'm going to touch it. I'm touching it. Touch it. Giant monster book. 10 (laughs) cents. It it might as well be one of the horror books that came out before. And the thing is this Beauty and the Beast sort of character where as you go forward and he ends up with Alicia Masters, the blind girlfriend who's the stepdaughter of the puppet master. I'm getting really nerdy here. Um, it is really filled with pathos and the empathy for the character as he changes back and forth early on and hates being the thing. It takes years until he's, yeah, he's the ever-loving blue-eyed thing, and it's all fun and clobbering time, whatever. It's a 
tragic character. Mm-hmm. And it, they didn't exist then. Right. Superheroes loved being superheroes. It didn't matter that they were robot men or whatever they were. It's like, oh, I've just beat up bad guys and it's fun. Something different happened here. I think Hickman really has captured these characters in a way that hasn't in a long time, maybe since Walt Simonson years ago in the 90s, where he gets sued that she's a strong woman. She isn't the damsel in distress anymore that the first five or six issues. He's found some way to tell Johnny differently. He's got Reed playing off the, he's the smartest character in this universe, or should be. He makes mistakes, owns up to them, Mm -hmm. tries to fix it. Right. It's been a great run over the last year and a half or so. Yeah. It looks like more to come. People should try it. The book has fallen. It was the flagship title. Spider-Man passed it many, many years ago. Mm-hmm. It, it's still the book to come back to at the end of the day. It just, it doesn't have dark mutants. It doesn't have death and destruction and broken necks and all the rest of it. It's a family of adventurers. They're a family. They have a, two kids at this point. Right, yeah. A whole family of mutants living in the building they're yeah. trying to protect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, you, good. it was good. It yeah. was really sharp. It was sharply written. Do you think that if I went out and I purchased 600 that I could start reading it from here on out? Or is there entirely too much history? I think, I mean, I'll speak because I haven't yeah. read anything else except for this. I think you can. I think if you just read up a little bit on it, you, you know, you read a little Wikipedia uh, you know about or the, have yeah. Bob for a friend, or have Bob for a yeah. friend. <laughs> Can lend you five eighty seven to six hundred. Yeah, there you go. Um, you'll be fine. You, you know, uh, I definitely it took, it took I knowing Johnny Storm is dead, and then I know I know who the Cree are. You know, it, mm-hmm. it was just little things. Uh, so but you have to learn those things, and once you learn them, you'll be fine. You just got to kind of get into it. That's all. Um, he does a really good job of bringing you into to right situations. It's and, definitely a really good book, and he has levels. I mean, for those old timers who he's still talking to. He, Prince Namor, the Submariner's here, who's yeah. now part of the X-Men. Right. But there's a line about, I'll do it for love. That's a great, it's a great... Um, that harkens back to FF4, where they first reintroduced the Submariner from the Golden Age. Right, I felt like it was something to do with that. that he yeah. falls in love with Sue Storm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's Sue Storm at that point. Now there's jealousy right. between Reed and Namor. Right. Which picks up in FF6, and then 9 and 14, and mm-hmm. everything else, and now he finds that little thread to weave back in. He's doing a great job of integrating. That's cool. I awesome. think you could. I think you could definitely pick up and start again. All right, I'll, cool. I'll look for it when I go this week, because I'll, I'll go regardless, and I'll try right, to yeah, find yeah. more from my rabbit hole. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> so, uh, thumbs up on FF600. Definite thumbs up. All right, great. So, thank you, Bob, so much for... Uh, my pleasure with us. glad to be part um, of this hopefully you come back sometime and ch- 700 i'll be back for 700, 700 okay <laughs> <laughs> Woo, okay so uh we'll move on to this week's releases like i said we have no dc new 52 books coming out but there are some there are still there's still other publishers i guess um uh we have a lot of trades coming out but let's talk about more stuff uh fables 100 number 111 is coming out i actually just started i just finished volume one this evening and i like it it's a good book it seems like it'd be up your alley it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, Legion Secret Origin, number two of six. Uh, Spaceman, number two. Tiny Titans, number 46. Um, Uncharted, number one of yeah. six, which I'm actually going to pick up, which is a, a, a offshoot of the video I'm, game series. I'm curious. Oh. I want to check it out. I love the games. So yeah, me let's too. See. Me too. And uh, Vertigo Resurrected Sergeant Rock Between Hell and a Hard Place, number one. That's a That's long worse title. than the Fury of Firestorm, <laughs> yep. Power of the Nuclear Men, or yeah, whatever yeah. the hell it is. Um. Dynamite has uh, Flash Gordon Zeitgeist, number one. Uh, I didn't game- know we had one. I still don't know what he is. What does he do? Flash Gordon? Yeah. He's a quarterback for Harvard or something yeah. who ends up, you know, being a superhero. All and right. Fl- I've moved- fights Ming the Merciless. Already, and- I've already lost interest. Have you seen that okay. movie? No. Oh. Continue. Uh, game of Thrones, number three. Um, And uh, let's see. What, what we got from, come out from Marvel? We've got... Oh, Image... Uh, Got Darkness number 95, um, which is obviously they've turned that into a video game series recently. I want to know where my strange uh, talent of Luther Strode number three is image. Well, it's not this week. It was supposed to be this month, and I have yet to purchase it okay. or, or read it. Uh, it's, it's image. Yeah. Avengers wow. Origins Thor number one. That's a one shot. Um, we have a second printing of Brilliant. Which uh, is a really cool. That book. was really cool. Yeah. I was very, I was very impressed with it. I liked that a lot. Uh, Brian Michael Bendis and Mark Bagley. Uh, it's a really, it's a really good book. Uh, When's Dare, number two? It's a, it's every two months they're doing it, so it should Ooh. be this m- December. Uh, Daredevil number six, 
Uh, uh, what else we got here? Uh, Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz, number three. Sweet. Uh, <laughs> FF number 12. Is that Future Foundation still? Future Foundation, yep. Right. Continuation of where we are at 600. Gotcha. Ghost Rider, number six. Canceled, uh, isn't it? Yeah, it is canceled, but I mean, it's still got more issues to come out. Um, uh, Ultimate Comics, The Ultimates, number four. Uh, Wolverine, number 19. And Uncanny X-Men, number two. So those are the- That just big- sounds wrong. It is weird, right? But it's a good book, actually. It's a good book. I read number one. It's a good book. It's better than The Wolverine and the X-Men. Uh, they split the X-Men. They, they schismed them. There's uh, literally yeah, that's a- That's the new series, right? Yeah, there's yeah, literally a miniseries called Schism, and they split. Because uh, a big event happened. But- so that's the release coming out next week. And next week, we're also going to do our cut day. Um, and we're going to introduce so, a new member to our team. Stephanie. Stephanie. So that'll be fun. Um, any other parting words before we get out of here? Bradley? My parting words are hasta luego. <laughs> Those are good parting words. Uh, Bob? Make mine Marvel. Steve? <laughs> uh, I have a little something to say. Do me a favor. And if you listen to the podcast... Tell your friends. Uh, also, we have a new Facebook page up on the Facebooks. All you got to do is look for Talking Comics and you'll find us. Uh, we've got lots of reviews up on the site. Go and check them out. We're always doing stuff outside of what we talk on the podcast on the website. So if we didn't cover something here, there's a good chance that we covered it on the website. TalkingComicBooks.com. TalkingComicBooks.com. And you can also find us on Twitter at, at TalkingComics. It's true. We're asking questions pretty much on a daily basis whenever I can think of something that hasn't already <laughs> been asked. And we need your responses because we like talking to people. We like getting feedback. And we've got a couple of you you know, going back and forth with us, and it's been great. So join the fray. Exactly. And uh, I don't have any other parting words aside from that long thing, because yeah. nobody went for my cat food line from The Simpsons. Sorry. Email us. Info. Email us at info oh, at talk- talkingcomics.com. I talk comic books. Talk, talk, you do it then. Info at talkingcomicbooks.com. <laughs> uh, on, on iTunes, Talking Comics. Uh, search for that and subscribe. You only click that button once and you get it every time. So it's no, do any other work. Uh, review us, please, if you get a chance. Um, it really helps us with our standings. At least rate us uh, a star rating as well. And again, like Steve said, please tell people we want to talk to more people about comic books and anything you guys want to talk about. Let us know. Send us an email. Like I said, info at talkingcomicbooks.com and let us know what you want to talk about. Yeah, if you think that we should cover something that we're, we don't seem to be going in that direction, then tell us about it. If there's a comic book that you think we should be reading or a series that's coming out that you think would be a good topic for the show, uh, let us know and we'll, you know, we'll try and fit it in and maybe even get you involved. Absolutely. We'll Absolutely. read your stuff on the radio, yeah. the internet radio. The internet radio. Gee, I have about a hundred movies I need to talk about from Fanboy Remix that well, we didn't get to do. Zip it, okay, Bob. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there's, like, there's a lot of comic books in the world. There's only four of us, so we need we need guys your okay. help to point us in the right direction. Um, so I think that's the Talking Comic Book Podcast for this week. Uh, for Steve and Brad, our very special guest Bob. Thank you for having me. I have been Bobby, which is only slightly confusing. That's Bob and Bobby, but you know, whatever. Uh, catch us on the next issue. 